Roll up! Roll up! Ladies and gentlemen, to the greatest podcast on earth! Step right up and experience the magnificence that is the Two Ring Circus Podcast! You'll gasp! You'll laugh! And you'll be amazed at what comes next! Amazing. Don't worry about the smell. It's just the stars of our show, Tom Italiano! Okay. And Matt Bradshaw! Hello! Welcome! <laughs> you made it work. Well, what do you mean you made it work? Hey, welcome to the latest episode ever recorded. Of anything? Well, certainly of this. That's, uh... Is that why we're doing shots at midnight? Is it midnight? Not that late, is it? Close. 22. Yeah. So it's almost tomorrow. We've seen this off. What is it? American honey. We've seen this off. Oh, cripes. Splitter. Beg your pardon? Cherry vodka from Poland. Oh, wow. I'm going to have a good time living with you for three weeks while I record my next hour, aren't I? Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, Cheers. yeah. We'll is soon this... see off a lot of this shit. Is this a sipper? Yeah, this is a bit of a sipper. Uh, you don't want to throw this back. It's too good. Good. Oh, here's to you, everybody. Uh, and uh, you had this before? Happy 2019. I have not. There's a um, a good movie called American Honey. With everyone's favourite actor, Shia LaBeouf. Hmm. Maybe not everyone's favourite actor. I do really like him. I think he's a very good actor. So do I. He's an extremely good actor. Do you like Jared Leto? Um... I do like him. Uh, I don't always enjoy the films I've seen him in, or, oh. but he's very good. Um, he's an exceptional, exceptional vocalist. Oh. Yeah. He's that thing of, gee, for an actor, he's a good singer, and for a singer, he's a good actor. I'm actually always quite amazed how good lead singers are as actors in their film clips. Do you know what I mean? Like, because quite often the John it's bon, weird, isn't it? The John Bon Jovi plays the yep. the actor, and then you know the Whitney Houston type falls in love and in the video. Or I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Uh, it's got to be good editing. There's got to be a huge component of that. Well, I'm going to be super charitable um, and just assume those people don't get to where that they don't get to where they are in their careers. By just being good singers. They're, they're the type of people that get up at stupid o'clock every day of the week and work fastidiously on the project that they're doing yeah, yeah. to get to that point where they can do they can do that. I, and I, I, I agree. Uncharitable. But I mean yeah. in the sense that they're just singers. They haven't had any acting training. Well, well, yeah. well that's well that's to my point. I imagine that uh they they probably have. We're going to make this video and we're going to do this, so we're probably going to get this coach for this and this coach for that and spend mm. this amount of time storyboarding and being part of the whole production thing. I think a lot of them... Like watching that um, Lady Gaga doco uh, that's on Netflix and just to see, you know, the from dusk till dawn at work, you know, on... On the day that it's got to be, there's performing or you know, I think, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think there's something to those kind of uh, 
uh, not single-minded, but like it's just that singular focus on whatever task is at hand, I think. Um, the, and the, the genius of perhaps how it's portrayed is that, yes, they come across as, aren't they just singers? But maybe they're not. You know, like the Stephen Tylers who, you know, we were just talking about at the gig tonight. Um, no, they're not. Some of them. Some of them are just absolute uh, mad geniuses. He is definitely one of those. Yeah. Absolutely. Got this thing. It's called called a Korg. Just makes <laughs> yeah. all this. <laughs> but in, incidentally, with that stuff, when you see some of them, and there's, um, they have a bit of a childlike awe and reverence for certain things as well. And I think that childlike play and explore, exploration with a lot of things, like they, like you might stand back and watch what they're doing and go, huh. Most people would just kind of move on from whatever that is, but they just get really focused, like mm. a kid with a Lego set on making something. That I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I couldn't read Stephen Tyler's autobiography. It was Badly written? I just, well, <laughs> what's it called? The, does the noise in my head bother you? And that's what it's like. It's fucking manic. Do you ever, did you see his Joe Rogan interview? No. It's, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Do you know the one that's not nuts, which you think it would, is Ted Nugent's. Oh, really? That guy's like, is, you watch there's a lot of stuff on there where you go, don't agree, but what an intelligent, articulate man with who can put his unlikable perspective across in a way that makes you go, well, yeah, I don't agree, but I see your point. Yeah, I mean, fuck, I don't, I don't really know that much about Ted Nugent, but um, uh, the the unlikable stuff is the stuff that everyone focuses on. Mm. But there's, you know, he's very likable. Yeah, he is. He is. And like, yeah. And also, you know, Damn Yankees is one of my favourite bands of all time. I not only know that one record. Oh, there was only two. Oh, there you go. The, the first one's well, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Scritchy. They only ever let him sing one lead vocal on every album. Yeah, on every album. Yeah. On each album. That's reasonable. <laughs> They're both good, though. Well, that's good. You should look up Damn Yankees, you people. You people. You people. Um, speaking of you people, my dad's got some more sheep. <laughs> good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, very nice. Um, Have not... I told you about the sheep? What type of sheep they are? I don't know. They're so he's got these thoroughbred sheep, like, um, and they are uh, real sheep in the sense of they are the traditional type sheep who, that shed their wool. So yes. you know, you know the ones that we have that we've bred over thousands of generations, so that we take the wool when we want it, uh, when we want to shear it off. Um, you really try take the wool so it's warm. Take the wool by the <laughs> good. Mm. Yeah, you know, I mean, good try. Um, so he's got these sheep where you know they 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 look they look like someone's walked up to them and gone oh that <laughs> just ripped clumps of wool off them because you know the way they get rid of their wool is they you know rub it up against a fence post or a yeah, tree right. or something like that. Clumps of <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> They're great. I love them. Tufty sheeps. Tufty sheeps. Huh. Yeah. 
and there's obviously wool all over the place because they it just falls off them. It's great. It's really funny. Huh. Handy for the little uh, the little sheep where the eagles try to come down and pick them up, and they just come up with clumps of hair. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if you don't shear a sheep, what happens to it? Well, the ones that have been bred over over the years to to not shed, it just gets wool, 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 and eventually gets fly blown and dies. Keep it light, love. Yeah, well, you know, okay. nature stuff. All right. Yeah, nature stuff. Huh. It's nasty. What nature? Yeah. 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 Magnificent. Well, just the way things kind of grow and then die and decompose and other things grow. It's really oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, good. Don't you think? I'm well, a little bit tipsy. Are you, buddy? I'm a little bit tipsy. Are you? Yeah. Well, you I, funny little fella. Yeah, I haven't eaten much today. and uh, I know it looks like I might have, but I haven't. And uh, I had some 7-Eleven sushi on the way to the gig tonight. Oh, is it good? Yeah. Great. What else did you say? Um, a munch on Zambreros. Oh, that wasn't today. Yeah, but you said you like that. Yeah. yeah. There was a Zambreros here. I'd go there every day. Is there not one in Frankston? No. I would have thought there would be one of those food court type places. Maybe there is. Yeah. Maybe I'm not looking. But I don't yeah. go to food courts because uh, normal people go to them. That's right. What constitutes a normie? Oh, you know, people who beat their children. Oh, well, that's standard. Yeah. yeah. So, um, sorry. So uh, no, um, we, I, I, we, my my mate Brian um, actually point blank refuses to go to a food court because well, he's really snobby about stuff like that. It's not the food's bad necessarily; it's just that he he hates looking at the the humanity. Dude, that I worked. To pervade. I worked in a bank for fifteen months that was on a food court. Overlooked a food court. Hmm. Um, McDonald's. Something else, KFC, a sushi type place, an Indian place, one of those barbecue chicken places. It was. I understand what oh, he says. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but in the, in the same token, it's I mean, like, I did a a really nice gig last Friday, in a restaurant at a uh, a cider house brewery type place, stunning place, like as in the building was amazing and then it overlooked this kind of nice grassy knoll. Yeah. Back on um, the left. But like us... Zembreros, not Zapruder. Oh, very good. Thanks, man. Hey. Um, but, I, I mean, that idea of looking out uh, at a, at a cross-section of society, people are all walks of life, but also kind of going, wow... Um, the people who've come here are going to spend a lot of money on their dinner. Like, because there was like tables of... Because they just come and got a bank loan? No, no, this is the Friday night, but they're just in this uh, in this restaurant and, you know, I looked at the menu and how much the drinks were and stuff, and so a table of 25 coming for someone's birthday, was, was, they were going to leave having spent over $1,000. Hmm. Uh, you know, as a group, but only one person was picking up the bill kind of thing. Just like, who... You have that thing of, who has that kind of money? They don't look any different to anyone else. You know, they just look like normal people. Hmm. But I just made me really understand how rich we are in Australia. Fuck yeah. Where that is... That's pretty normal. 
like as far as so food courts are normal like the idea that you can kind of go i'm just going to go have lunch you know you know i'm going to get some i can afford to pay someone else to cook my food for me yep um, dude i quite often go to rolled which is the vietnamese yeah like yeah. really good really yeah. fresh roll apostrophe d roll apostrophe yes. d correct yeah. too much packaging and that gets that gets in my head a bit but a couple of tofu rice paper rolls and a vegetarian bun me. Yep. And that's eighteen dollars. Which is fucking outrageous. It is outrageous. Yeah. It's a salad roll. Yep. And and some vegetables in some rice paper. Like it's I mean I do it. But yeah, it's nutty. Yeah. Uh and if that was America the person working behind the counter would be getting, what do you reckon, $8 an hour, $9 an hour? Oh, no, no, less than that. But um, Not really? Yeah, probably. But also it, it wouldn't be $16, it would be 6 in America. The cost of food in America is just astronomically low. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was stunned. I spent a lot of time there. Uh, I was stunned all over America how cheap food was and not just how cheap, but you got so much food. Mm. For almost no money. Is it good? Like, is it good food? Well, some places. No, but I mean, is it quality food? I don't mean, is it tasty? No, I meant that, yeah. I mean, right. some some places, yes. Okay. Uh, uh, but the idea, I mean, the idea of what's quality food or whatnot is kind of, it's, sometimes it's hard to tell. Sure. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, it is, I do find it quite, quite interesting how much we are, prepared to spend on the uh, social aspect of eating when we are you know when we're not making our own food yeah. yeah I'm just looking up prices of food in America yeah I tell you what I'm getting a tan yeah it's hot that one that's crazy yeah oh. it's it's old school it's no good. halogens there my friend no North. Wages and tips do not equal the minimum, the federal minimum wage of seven twenty-five per hour during any week. The employer is required to increase cash wage, cash wages to compensate. So minimum wage is seven twenty-five an hour. There you go. As of May twenty seventeen, the average hourly wage, including tips for a restaurant employee in the United States that received tip income, was twelve dollars. I rounded up. Fucking hell. Yet, yeah, I mean that's. Um... I guess for if you account for exchange rate and the cost of general the cost of living, it's probably it's probably similar to here. Really? Yeah, I'd say so. Not a lot of people here get paid minimum wage for jobs. The whole tip economy in America is so bizarre, and that it's been that way forever. In not so much now, but in what was, you know, the greatest country in the world. <laughs> like, you know, superpower, all that sort of yeah. thing, that that was how their economy subsisted is is pretty fucking remarkable to me. Yeah, well, I guess it's only a small part of the economy, really. I mean, like, maybe a lot of people work in service, but... Um, a lot of people work in service. But as far as the... Uh, what proportion of the economy that actually equates to... Well, that would be the same as anywhere you would have thought. Well, not necessarily if it's the 
if it's the richest country in the world, you know, if it's, you know, so let's say, you know, they've got all that industry and all that intellectual property. So you've got, you know, the Facebooks, well, you've got the tech giants and you've got California's moving industry and then the food industries that they've got. And well, they used to have the automotive industry. Like there was so much money in other things. Sure. That, I mean, for example, what that it, what opens it, up a whole other thing though about just the, the 1%. Yeah, but, but uh, true, true. It opens up a whole bunch of other stuff. But what it does open up is uh, the idea that, yes, you've got lots of people that work in service, but you've got in the richest country in the world that has all this other all these other ways of, of generating income, that the proportion of income from service industry in America is probably lower than in almost any other. Hmm. Like I would say the proportion of service industry in India would be much higher. There's greater population so many more people to, to serve anything to um, and what kind of other industries do they mm. you know to what export what kind of you know uh, what other things do they do they make money maybe India is a bad example because they do, I don't know but I'm just saying given that they say California is like the 11th biggest economy in the world and that's just one state of one country yeah um, that you kind of think of well it's interesting that you then say manufacturing because you look at somewhere like China or India in comparison to America where they don't really make anything anymore. Yeah, that, I mean, certainly would be the case these days. Uh, but I think there's, there's money generated elsewhere, like, for example, Wall Street. You know, and, mm. and Generated. Well, generated or moved around, but it's still <laughs> part of the economy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so interesting that stuff. I think... Um, I mean, I've, I've done a fair bit of traveling. I think America is a remarkable place. I didn't say it was remarkable. Place, and I think they've got, uh, they've got a pretty reasonable uh, premise if they think they're the greatest country in the world. Oh. Like, oh, what? Mm? Uh, as far as like all of the things I got, like the natural resources, the opportunity, the diversity of people, like the, you know, it's kind of like they can make a pretty strong case for it. Um, and so that pride that they have, right, which whether it's misplaced in some ways, like it's not, I mean, there's no other country that has a kind of, the pop, the people have that kind of pride in their country. I no. Think. Um, but then again, like you go there and you go, wow, this is remarkable. This like the, this is a remarkable country. Um, it's, and of course, with all the pendulum swings the other way, and it's got problems. Like, but it has all these great things. So what you want to, what hopefully you do as an objective member of a uh, um, a citizenship, you'd go, well, I can also see the problems. That's hard to do. But it is amazing and wonderful. The gap between the rich and the poor in America, though, seems fucking vast. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think it is anywhere, though, isn't it? Oh, it's not like Australia. No. Well, no, we certainly, well, we are a very, very rich country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you know, I do think I do think the gap between the rich and the poor in Australia is vast. It's just that there's a lot of people who aren't on the low, low, low. Well, like, there's just know. there's there's a lot bit of safety nets in Australia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there are. I mean, we do have healthcare. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, that kind and of stuff. You've got to try pretty hard to fail in Australia. I don't mean people don't slip through the cracks. Yeah, that's true. But you've actually got to really fuck up. 
and even, and, and, and even and that, I, don't, I mean that in its least pejorative sense. Yeah, and even in that case, you can you can fuck up and start again. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's there's no doubt in my mind that um, as far as a place to are you rubbing your microphone? No, I'm scratching my arm. Uh, <laughs> I may have been rubbing. No, I wasn't. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is a. I mean, this is still the lucky country. Yeah, yeah. But the, I mean, it's also the complacent country. I think. Um, well, it's certainly easy to be complacent when things are comfortable. Yeah, I mean, even to the point of you and I have travelled more than. We've travelled more than a lot of people have, Absolutely. and I've been incredibly yeah. fortunate with having, you know, the my my experience growing up as a kid, um, you know, living overseas and all that sort of thing. And it certainly does give you a, a travelling gives you a, it probably sounds a bit trite and cliche, but it does give you a a better perspective on uh, on life back at home. Well, it that does also depend on what your disposition is. I think so. For example, I think plenty of people have travelled. Plenty of Australians have travelled all over Asia, or Southeast Asia, right? But they've gone there on holiday, and they've gone there and had a ball of a time, and it hasn't changed the perspective on on it at all. It's like it's like well, I of course I have the right to go and exploit that economy, and then and then come back and complain about my lot here. Uh, I, I'm not saying all people like that, of course. No, you know? no. But I, I think there's a. You're right, but I do think that you have to have the. Um, <clears throat> you you have to be open enough to experience to cons- to see how other things happen in the world, and then come back and and assess your position or the position of your fellow countrymen, and go, oh yeah, we do have it really good here. And the reason I say something like that is, for example, of, you know, quite embarrassingly, I, you know, I drove my girlfriend's dad up to my parents place the other day and i just couldn't help but see all of the rubbish on the side of the road in the countryside where clearly people who live near me instead of going to the tip drive their 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 ute or their trailer five k's out of town out of lara or out of karai or whatever and they just throw their old couch off the side of the road in the country really yeah but even you get off the freeway dude you get off the freeway anywhere in melbourne anywhere in metropolitan Melbourne and get to that turn off, you know, where there's the traffic lights or the roundabout and then wait for your turn to go wherever you want to go and just look out your side and look, you'd be able to get out of your car and with a, and fill a black plastic bag of bottles, like alcohol bottles and Coke bottles and stuff like that because people put, get to there and go, ah, fuck it, just throw this shit out, out the window. Like with, I mean, there's just so many people who just take it, take the place for granted they don't look they won't look after it and uh hi uh, you know it's the this uh, is sorry this is just the cat telling me that she's had dinner well that's good is that what the noise was is that the automatic feeder going yeah oh that was a midnight feed i reckon i'll get an automatic feeder hi are you good for me happy now i put some almonds and you know some i just turned a tummy growl (laughs) um almonds would work yeah. I tell you what, it'd be good. It'd, it'd limit my ability to eat a whole packet of them. Yeah. Yeah. Just get a certain amount. Yeah. That's a good idea. All right. You Six can times down. a day. Yeah. Put your fruit and nut mix in there. Yeah. Well, beep, huh? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we do live in a very lucky place, but I think uh, 
I do think a lot of people take it for granted. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, like, I don't see people littering like that. I see the evidence of it. Yeah. But I don't see it happening. Well, that's, that's the, that's where. See cigarette butts all the time. time. But that's the issue about littering, um, is that, so we, because we live in a big country with hardly anyone who lives here, even though we live in suburbia, right? When you pull off a freeway, um, you're usually one of maybe, well, certainly when I go to my place, I'm the only car that pulls off the freeway. There might be someone a couple of hundred metres behind me, but it's rare. Mm. You know, even when you would come down here, like, well, all the people that live around here, there's still not all that many cars on the road most of the time. And I would imagine that even in peak periods, no one's throwing bottles out the window in peak periods. No. But at 10 o'clock at night, yeah. when it's dark, people, people are going to get away with it. It jerks. And they, I think the stuff's got to get there somehow, so it's getting there when no one else is watching. So when you say, I don't see people litter, well, for the other, you know... I'm so naive and gullible. I just assume that when I see rubbish on the side of the road that it's, like, fallen out of the back of a garbage truck or something. Well, that is the case often. When, the, you know, on a Friday morning when, the you know, the recycling thing comes around and it's clumsy and it picks up your bin and throws everything <laughs> in the back and if it's a gust of wind takes it, then, you know, four or five milk bottles get thrust around your street and that's true. But in places like on the side of main roads... Well, that uh, makes me sad. Don't make me sad. I was sad in the last oh, podcast. That's not good. Well, we can be happier about something else. It's Clean Up Australia Day on March 3rd. Yeah. Well done, you. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of, um, no, I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to go around to everyone in my street and say, hey, do you want to do a walk around the streets on Sunday, March the 3rd for Clean Up Australia? Is there much rubbish where you are? Yeah. Around your streets? Yeah. Dude, at least now there's a McDonald's in my town to justify the fact there might be a McDonald's wrapper. When I first moved there, I was like, there's McDonald's 8Ks away. Why is there a McDonald's bag here? Hmm. Oh, that's why. Because some dick ate, bought McDonald's 8Ks away. And on his way home, some punk pee plater in his car on his way home just threw it out the window near my street. That shits me. That really does shit me. Littering is such a See how sexist I am? Dumb... I assume it was a guy. <laughs> well, I think it's a relatively fair assumption, to be honest. I think so too, mate. Yeah. yeah. All these privileged white males don't come from somewhere. Well, wait. They don't come from nowhere. They do come from somewhere. They come from somewhere. Yeah. You don't get to be one of the 1% by being a black female, dude. Well, not automatically, but maybe automatically. Depending mm. what family you're born into. Mm. I'm sure there are some. Yeah. Yeah. Of a percentage of that 1%, what do you reckon the percentage is? Well, I don't know. Mm. Oh, you were very sure about how the US economy worked a little while ago. Very sure about it. You were. You were very sure about it. I was said you can have a fair guess. (laughs) I don't think I said that. (laughs) Do you need to push a button? Yeah, I should push a button. All right, DJ, push that button. What? It's pushed. It's just Dom. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about me. She's cute though. She's just come to just hang out with us. She's lovely. She's like your dog. What? Oh, she sheds. She does shed. Bordoodle. Pardon? Bordoodle. What's that mean? It's a border collie crossed with a poodle. Wow. That's yeah. good. 
So cute. It would be. Oh, my God. Um, my brother's dog had his um, moustache shaved, and now they don't think it's their dog because he looks so different. Because <laughs> when you get your... What brand's your dog? Your brother's dog? A Labradoodle. But when, oh. So when you take your dog, you know, oh. yeah, he's got like a beard like Sprocket. You know, huh. they, they cut it so it's got a little moustache. But it's summer and he always gets the burrs like Sprocket does in his beard. And so they, the dog groomer shaved him off and he's got this long snout. They're like, do you, want, do you said you wanted to get another dog and you want this one? We, we can have this one. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to get Bronson back in a few weeks. <laughs> That's pretty cute. Bronson. He's very Named sick. after the serial killer? Nah. Oh. Named after the character from Round the Twist. What? So my brother's kid's favourite TV show is Round the Twist, the one that Sam Vandenberg was in. Yeah. And Bronson's the young kid, so um, Raffi's like, loves Bronson. And so they decided they were going to call it all Why haven't we ever capitalised on this for your brother's kids? What do you mean? I don't know. You just get Sam to fucking drop around. Oh, no. I've sent photos and... and um, videos to them saying, "Hey, everyone, that's cute." <laughs> I know. Yep. And he he does on the video goes, "Hey, it's Pete Twist." Brilliant. Instead of saying Sammy B. <laughs> Good on him. Yeah, he does it well. Yeah. What have you been doing? Yeah. Other than being sad about the world. Uh, I am a bit sad about the world. Yeah. Why yeah. is that? because oh, just shits me a bit. What but anyway. No, let's talk about it. Go on, let's get sadder. No. Come on. No, we haven't got time. Yeah, we do. We've got, like, all that Galliano to... That's not open. Do you want to open it? No, we don't. Don't worry. We'll do that in two weeks when I come back. We can open it. No. I'm still on the uh, American Honey. I, um... uh, I took that bottle to um, the Ralph Thomas Christmas party. Oh, what happened? But then, well... (laughs) Then the plans changed, and and we didn't meet, and I wasn't on the boat. We were going to do shots in the boat, and then Uh, I didn't get on the boat. Right. Because they couldn't come into port because it was too bouncy. Oh, speaking of port, doing my new possible campaign in two weeks. Guess <laughs> yeah. what? What? Turns out we've got a whole other bar- barrel of port. I thought we only had 26 bottles left. How many barrels did your father have? Two. No, as in... There's another barrel. So that port that's been there now for about... Like that he's had for... 20 years. No, no, but he's had for... Oh, 14, 15 years. There's another it's, barrel. There's an oak barrel in the shed full of port. The fuck? Yeah. What the? What are we doing here? Well, I only found out yesterday. Question still remains. Well, it just takes a lot of planning. Hmm? To drink port? Well. Surely you just need a corkscrew. Corkscrew. <laughs> in a big oak barrel. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's good news. I nearly made the noise. I'm not allowed to make noise then. What noise? Can't make it. Not allowed. What do you mean? I don't know what that is. I means. can't make my Mariah Carey whistle noise oh, anymore. Oh, that noise that you've self-imposed the not allowed. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit sad. Well, you know, it's when one has I mean, it's to a small stop price to pay. Noises. Yeah, yeah, it's a small price to pay. But it was like a really, it was a fun noise. It was a fun noise that when I did it, people in the room would go, <laughs> and now I can't do it. So now if I want to make the noise of a... Uh, I can't. It's not. Should we have a minute oh, silence? That's not bad. It's probably not good for a podcast. Huh? Actually, it probably would help this particular podcast. What? A minute silence. Hey. hey. In memory of you're not allowed to make a noise anymore. Not allowed to do the Mariah Carey. Yeah. 
Huh. <laughs> Are there other things that they can refer to? Yeah, well, Jamie Packer. Well, true. He's not allowed to. Unfortunate name. Jamie Packer? Ah, Packer. Why? Just, you know. Never mind. <laughs> you okay? Yeah. I'm Do t- you want a drink? Told you I was tipsy. <laughs> Do you want a drink? I've got to write a song. I've got to work on Rebel. There we go. We're uh, we're up to our eyeballs in other things we need to do. And look at us doing what all people ne- usually do when they need to do other things. Procrastinating? Yeah. No, this isn't yeah. procrastination. It's like when um, I used to have exams. It was amazing how many um, extended uh, major or minor nine arpeggios I needed to learn before I had to write an assignment for something else. It's like, oh, really, to work on this thing. It's like, I've never worked on that. I don't need to know that. It's just, but gee, it's way better than writing that bloody music history. Did you play any tonight? Uh, Arpeggios? No, I don't really know what I'm doing anymore. (laughs) Yes, dear. Oh, we did a gig tonight. Yeah, we did. That's why we're doing this late. Hmm. It's Tuesday now. And why are you at my house? Because tomorrow I'm going to be recording some demos and doing a last lot of pre-production for my album recording in two weeks. Actually doing pre-production. Why are you at my house? Uh, so I can sleep over at your house and not have to battle the traffic to drive from Lara to Gardenville, Edithvale, because you live closer. You live 15 minutes away. I do. So thank you for being my host. How many nights are you here? Just one tonight. Oh, and in just two, one tonight? <laughs> yeah, just one tonight. Um, and then in two weeks, I'll just I'm just going to move in. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I told Kat that she could come and stay as well, and she said, oh, I don't want to impose. No, she can come and stay. That's what, what I fuck? said. That's what I said you'd say. We'll have horror movie nights. <gasps> you could. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think that'd be good. You guys could bond over the ridiculousness of horror movies, and I'll cry in the corner. <laughs> she said Hostel was ridiculous. She said it wasn't scary. It was ridiculous. I said, well, I don't think it was scary. <laughs> what was your actual response, though? That was it. You haven't been to Eastern Europe. <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, that was my text message response. Yeah. Well, that's a Alone. Thing. Yeah, alone. Yeah. But she said, it wasn't scary at yeah, all. the girls but, were okay. It was the girls who were the fucking protagonists. But here's the thing. So I got home from that gig. So let me tell, let me set the scene, folks. So Matt and Geordie and I had a gig on Saturday night, right? And we went to set up. And then I said, because the gig was in Geelong, I said to Kat, oh, you know, you should take the dog for a walk and come down town of Geelong because it was on the waterfront and come see the boys and we'll have a bit of a chat. She said, no worries. So we did our sound check and then she came down and met the boys. And I don't know how we ended up talking about movies, but um, said, you know, I don't do horror movies. And Matt's like, I love horror movies. And Kat said, oh, yeah, I don't mind horror movies. And then they went, ooh. And then we started talking about which... Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Started talking about which horror movies. Um, oh, I like which horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. Which horror movies should have you seen this and oh. have you seen this and have you seen this? And I said, don't watch Hostel. And you all agreed, yeah, it's pretty rough. So this is not good. And then Geordie said, nah, nah watch it. It'll be fine. And I, and I was like, I can't watch it. It's just horrific. And she sent a text message a couple of hours later saying, just watch Hostel. It's ridiculous. It wasn't scary at all. And, uh, and I responded in the text message saying, uh, well, that's because you haven't been to Eastern Europe, dot, 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 alone. But then I get home at 1.30-ish, she's still awake. Do you know how many times I've ever gotten home and Kat's been awake at 1.30? Twice. 
And the other time, she was pretending to be asleep in bed, and the only reason I knew she was awake is because when I went to wash my hands, the hot water was the the water was already hot. It was like she must have just washed her hands with hot water. And then I got to bed and she started laughing because <laughs> she was pretending to be asleep. So then, do you think the horror movie kept her awake? Well, then she watched something else that was scary, which she couldn't remember the name of. I was like, so hang on, you've watched a horror movie, you've watched something else that that was so traumatic you can't remember the name of it, and it's one thirty, you're still awake. And then we didn't go to bed till after three. She's like, no, no, that wasn't scary at all. It's like, well, my theory is that it rattled her a bit. <laughs> I've got to cross my hands. <laughs> and your arms. Yeah. No, I'm crossing my hands. And my arms. Um, <laughs> and she's not here to, to uh, argue, so. But what's funny is she'll probably listen to this and argue to the thing on the train. Until the kittens come home. Yeah. And people will go, what are you arguing? Okay, good. I look forward to hearing about that. Um, how many songs on your new album? I've got 12. How many are going on? I want to do 12. <whistles> yeah. That's a whole lot of Dom. I'm sorry in advance. Although, how long will it run? I don't know. 35 minutes? No, I think it'll be, because they're all kind of longers. So it might be like... You said they're all kind of longers? Yeah, yeah, they might be like 50 minutes or something. What? Yeah. Who do you think you are? Def Leopard? No. No, because we're going to record this in three weeks. <laughs> Not three Not years. Not three years. Yeah. Plus, um, you've got all your limbs. Yeah, true. I'm, I, he's pretty impressive, isn't he? Fuck yeah. Yeah. That band's impressive. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, even the fact that they... I mean, I guess Pyromania was a big album. Because Hysteria was the one he well, did with, with one arm, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that one blew up. So they they had some money. Yeah. But fuck, I just think of any other band I could think of that had something some tragedy before them. And I'm sorry, mate, you you know, you gotta understand we still got a tour, so off you pop. We'll just we'll we've got to replace you. Yeah, I think though, um hang on, didn't they? They oh no, that's right, no, um what's his name died after Steve Clark. After his studio, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, so... But they came up. They were kids together, those guys. Yeah. They were, like, all best mates. Yeah. Know, or, like, high school band, weren't they? So, but still... Yeah, I don't know. It makes... I always think it's really impressive. Okay. You don't have to... No, no, I, I agree. I think I do think it's really impressive, and they were certainly, certainly one of the biggest rock bands in the world when that happened. And... Uh, but I also think, you know, they're still together doing that because of that. You know, they're... You know, they're, they're in it for the right reasons hmm. kind of thing, you know, um, look after each other and then demand excellence of each other. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they're a great, um, they're a great example. I don't own Hysteria. I think that's the one I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, like a lot of popular music, I'm not, not a fan, like I could certainly appreciate it. And really the thing with popular music for me is that because I, I'd hear it wherever I went. I I don't need to own it because mm. it's you know, it was always around. Uh, so a lot of those big albums I had cassette copies of. And then yeah, I, right. And I had the you know the Greg Howe introspection on cassette kind of thing. You know, because like who had who owned that? No one. So Mike Barney. Yeah, he he did. Yeah. That's an incredible record. Uh, tell me um, something happy then. 
to make you feel better. <sighs> are you a bit, do you think that maybe you're a bit like this as well because you are so flat out busy and you're a bit kind of uh, maybe. heightened? Maybe. Um, I probably didn't help my cause very much by going back and listening to the audiobook of 1984. Okay. Um, which I've started, which I'm an hour into. Right. Um, I suggest everyone goes and reads 1984. Can you remember it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, vaguely. Oh, not, um, yeah. Not phrase by phrase. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You should definitely. Anyone out there who's got a spare nine hours of audiobook or... Well, I mean, I actually recommend doing anything... Exposing yourself. I recommend doing anything. Well, I want to say doing anything like that, which exposes you to um, really hard to process and confronting ideas. I think they're far better than. Well, they it's uh, hard to process and it's confronting because it's exactly what we live in now. Well, certainly it's very similar. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Certainly very similar. Yeah, I don't think exactly what we live in now. Mm. Yeah, there are elements. Mm. And it's still elephants, luckily. It's remarkable how prescient he was to be able to see the future from 1948 when he wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. That's all he's going to give me. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I think... Um, well, in the same token, I mean, like, um, David Foster Wallace's... Um, infinite jest. I mean, yeah. the how that comments on uh, the entertainment being the thing that kills you. I mean, if we think about really the increase in um, uh, illness from uh, you know diet and inactivity, and how that can kill you, and then the increase in suicide, and that linking to um, gadget ownership. Um, and not just correlation, but like, you know, they can, you can see that in the stats of like people who use it, they're more likely to have this kind of problem and that kind of problem. And they're more likely to, uh, particularly young people, hmm. like, you know, it's like, well, yeah, that's, um, that was predicted too. Hmm. Uh, but I do think that. You're saying your example's better than mine? No, not saying that at all. Huh. But I do think that there is. I wonder, and here's, here's a wacky idea, I wonder how much is that when you start integrating things that um, that are outside nature into your into, into normal life, if that becomes the new version of natural selection. So, like, the way humans... So, humans lived um, as... I'm sorry to do this because I know you don't like... The human lives, humans lived in you know, integrated with the rest of the environment for a really, really, really long time, and then we eventually developed civil civilization to the point where we're kind of like top of the food chain, and um, the technologies we developed, like you know, being able to build and running water and sanitation yeah. and that kind of thing, and it gets to the point that we live in this. So the industrial revolution happened, and yeah, but even that, the I mean the advancement in technology as in even in the last 30 years yeah. has extrapolated beyond the point of any real ability for humans to understand it right so 
it but it integrates into our everyday life as part of like well that's that is our life it is natural now for us to for certainly westerners to live in, and all over the world to be integrated into this technological world it's really hard to avoid so it kind of is our natural world now that's how we live so um like it's the so and therefore the problems that occur like mm. that we experience there becomes our own kind of um uh, natural enemies like once upon a time it was wild animals and now it's cars and now it's technology and now it's do de- you know it's depression and it's like poor um poor diet those things become our new version of natural selection okay yeah i guess if you're gonna walk off the end of a pier into the ocean because you're looking at facebook yeah that's that's natural selection no but i mean like it's it's such an integrated part of everyone's life that not everyone's life but if it isn't you're allowed to laugh at any point oh i'm well i'm but i i take that point and i like like, i don't think that's funny like it's like that's how it is like if you're if you're a if you're someone who's been born into the world after the iPhone, then it's that's your reality and that's your natural world. That's your natu- natural world. So the idea that the world could be different to you is unthinkable. Like you, you know, and so you are going to have to deal with the world with all of its technology, and that's your natural world. Therefore, all of the potential pitfalls and dangers and um, technological lions and tigers and bears are going to be the things that get you. Um, that's not bad. Um, and that, because it's new as well, it's going to take a long time for that to work itself out, if it does. Mm. And maybe AI takes over and, well, then we're all gone. <laughs> or we all become cyborgs or whatever. Cyborgs. What cyborg would you be? If you, if you could be somehow... And integrated uh, with technology. Yeah, if you could somehow by, be usurped by some <sighs> existing bit of AI that you know. Yeah. Well, what would you be? Oh, I'd probably uh, have my in. Like, would you be a? Would you become a Doctor Who Cyberman? Well, I, well, I, what I what I do is I, my internal organs become machinery that could um, convert waste into fuel. And then you could effectively feed forever. Yeah, right. You know, I'm going to keep going with the the Doctor Who thing. I'm just going. To, I'm going to be K9. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, I never watched Doctor Who. I was scared. Really scared of it. Yeah. Well, because the Cybermen was scary. Well, I was scared. K9 I was scared of Daleks, scary, man. He couldn't. He could. He was a bit like Daleks. He couldn't go up and down steps because <laughs> he was on wheels. I was couldn't He's watch a it. Dog on wheels. Yeah, I think. Uh... Which, by the way, was a piece of graffiti I saw years ago in a street side in Melbourne. What was that? Just dog on wheels. That's what it said. It yes. said dog on wheels. Yep. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> Weird world. Yeah, I liked it. I'm not sure what's See, look, you're smiling now. That's what we got there in the end. Yeah, dog on yeah. wheels. Yeah. So that's all right. Dog on or dog gone? No, dog on okay. wheels. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I've often wondered what he meant by it. Do you think it was a reference to K9? No. Or do you think it was a reference to those little things in Star Wars that Chewbacca shouts at? What? See? You never know. What things he shouts at? The little things that oh, that he cooks. On wheels. No. The little things. No. In the in Star Wars, not the stupid new things. <laughs> Sorry. When I say Star Wars, I mean the ones that were made when we were kids. You mean Star Wars? Yeah. Okay. Oh, 
any of that nude rubbish. Okay. <laughs> okay. Although I did watch the Solo movie, and I do think it's very good. The Solo movie? Yeah. The one about Han Solo's origin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's I haven't good. seen it. It's very good. Is it? Yeah. Funny, uh, funny, fun, uh, emotive, interesting, well put together. Great. Well done, Ron Howard, and the cast. <laughs> <laughs> 4.5 stars. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Should we go to bed? Not you. You've got to write a song and I've got to yeah. do some work. Scritchy, should you go to bed? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah, cool. Because um, my neck's sore from looking this way. Oh. I've just done a Matt Robinson. Speaking of uh, Stephen Tyler. Oh, it's walk his way. Sorry. Yep. Good. Run DMC? Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah the newer version. They're mm. <laughs> still 35 years old. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so this is coming out Thursday on my anniversary. <laughs> Six months. <gasps> How's that? Oh, wow. Just flies by. It's very exciting. It's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with all that. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. You're happy about it too, look at that. I am happy about yeah. it. I'm very happy that you're happy. Um, she's quite delightful. Yeah, she's a ripper. I'm a fan. Oh no. Uh, should we say salada biscuits? Yeah. Have you got any? Saladas? Yeah, I'm hungry. I've got crackers. What? I've got jats. Are they South Australian? I've got savoys. They're the Victorian ones. Are they the same thing but different? But diff- Surely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll investigate that. We'll come back to you. We won't. Really. Good. Never mind. <laughs> salada biscuits. Bye. It's really hot in here. Yeah, fuck it's hot in here. It's really hot. More shots? Yes.